In the name of Jesus, the Savior born for you, the child of Bethlehem, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the one who's come to save you from your sins. Amen. Trivia question, which I'm going to ask the choir. I always want to know what's going on back here behind my back. Trivia question to you. Who boldly sang that wonderful song in the musical, There's No Business Like Sh Ethel Merman, very good. I figured Melanie would have that quickly. 1954, but let me ask you a follow-up question. What musical was that? Anybody? There's no business like show business? Not Tipsy. No. Ooh, they got it at the other services, you know? I don't know about this. Annie, get your gun. Oh, yeah, sure, I know that. Eddie, get your gun. There's no business like show business. Well, the theme today is really there's no business like God's business. And God's business takes place in God's house. And God's business is really about serving. It's about sacrifice. It's really about saving people like you and me. It's about God's love. And that's what we learn about here in God's house. This gospel lesson is interesting from this particular perspective. It's the only place we learn about Jesus as a youth. You think about it. You've got all these years, decades, from his birth, really, until he comes and starts ministering to people where you learn nothing except here. We learn about Jesus' youth here. And so Mary and Joseph, who are very devout people, they were going to go to Jerusalem for the commemoration of the Passover. And they would go every year. But this year, it was going to be a little bit different. Their normalcy was going to be disrupted because Jesus is not going to be found when they leave. Now, that was not totally unusual back then when people left the festival. They always traveled in large groups for safety reasons. And, and they did it, and they went with their clan or with their neighborhood. And Mary and Joseph are going back to Jerusalem. So they figured that Jesus is with some other acquaintances and family members there. But, you know, after a day, <laughs> you know, and you don't know where your child is, uh, you really kind of like wonder big time, and certainly Mary and Joseph did. And so they asked around. Now, Jesus, he was like 12 years old at that time. And, and that meant that as a preteen, you know, he's making decisions for himself in a lot of ways. And yet, here was Jesus who was going to be a son of the law very soon. You know, the men, they had to go to this commemoration of the Passover every year. And Jesus was becoming a man in the law of God. And he was going to take on now the full responsibilities that were inferred from his circumcision. He was going to be part of the community of faith, if you will. A full member of the synagogue. Very soon, he would be. And so Jesus was there for that reason, to grow in that certain way of religious observation and duty. But he's not to be found. And so without texting, without any kind of emails going back and forth, without a cell phone use, you know, Jesus is just kind of lost. He's not communicating, you know, to his parents, you know, where he is. And so the parents go back. And it's on the third day, remember that, on the third day that they finally find Jesus. And where's Jesus? 
He's in the temple. He is there and he's sitting among the scholars, the rabbis. And he's the one who is answering all the questions and asking questions. And it says they were astonished at his understanding. What Jesus could understand as a 12-year-old. It was, it's a remarkable scene. If you can just kind of picture the scene. Here, the student is basically teaching the teachers. And so Jesus is among these very learned people there. And he's kind of telling them and sharing wisdom to those people who supposedly knew so much more. And so Mary and Joseph finally finding Jesus, you know, as any parent would do, like, why are you doing this to us? We've been looking for you for days. We've been so anxious. We've been scared. We don't know what's happened to you. Why do you treat us this way, Jesus? Now notice Jesus' answer. It's not really a rebellious answer. He really said it gently. And what he does, interestingly, he takes the name of Father and he transfers it from his earthly dad, Joseph, to the heavenly Father, God himself, and says, don't you know that I have to be in my Father's house? The old King James Version says, don't you know that I have to be about my father's business? Jesus says this quite clearly. And yet what he also is doing is really telling them that he is here on this earth for a different purpose. There's a higher calling, and this is something they don't understand, Mary and Joseph. And why? Can you imagine them leaving and now catching up to the family and getting back to Nazareth? What's going through her heart and Joseph too? You know, who is this guy? <laughs> this son of ours. We know he's special. We know it from the delivery in Bethlehem. We know all of that, but there's something more here. Something like, something hard to comprehend. And so they pondered. And Jesus grows in wisdom and in stature. He grows in this way. Quite interesting, I think, that whole story. But what's also interesting, and it begs the question for you, is do you know where your children are? Do you know where your grandchildren are? Now, I don't mean physically where they are, because some are down in Sunday school right now, but do you know spiritually where they're at at this time? And this is where I think we, we have a misconception and understanding at all. Now, I know there's a difference between 2,000 years ago and today in terms of our thinking and our culture and so forth. But, you know, some things stay the same, and one of them is sin. And sin can break families and fracture families very easily. And yet I also know that people, and believe that people, they want to have some divine guidance they want God's intervention. They want to be able to understand them. And I think parents, many parents, erroneously believe that their children do not want to know anything. Or we're not going to bother our children. Or we're going to wait until they're adults or teenagers or something. And then they can make their own decision about God and who God is all about. And I think that's really a failing of parents. Children, I believe, want to do things with their parents. They want to do things as a family, all kinds of things, even in terms of church. And I applaud you parents. I really applaud you parents who have your children down in Sunday school right now. 
I think that's wonderful that you're doing. Unfortunately, not so many do that. Because children, I think, want to be there. I think children have questions. I think children want to have answers about God. And you kind of wonder about where some kids are, are finding answers about God. Where are they looking? What kind of places which are wrongful? Places which are really telling kids to be in another spot or another place or it's okay to do this and that. Where are they learning about God? Well, kids, I believe, want to be with parents and do things with them. I think they want to do family devotions. I believe they want to be part of a youth group. I believe they want to be part of a, a situation where there's unity in terms of love and care and knowledge and wisdom about who God is all about. But if you're not here in God's house, I mean, how's that going to happen at all? I mean, we make all kinds of excuses about not being in worship. We do it again and again. We could talk for an hour, frankly, just about all the excuses that people use. There's one story about a son who didn't want to go to church on Sunday morning. Didn't want to be there. And mom comes into the bedroom and says, son, you, you got to get up for church. You know, you got to be late for church. You, you got to get going. Oh, mom, I don't want to. You know, I just want to sleep here. I just want to be here. It's so comfortable and warm. You've got to get up for church. It's already 8 o'clock in the morning. You have to get up. And then the son says, well, give me two good reasons why I should go to church this morning. And mom says, well, the first reason is you're 40 years old. <laughs> and the second reason is you're the pastor of the church. We have all kinds of reasons why we don't want to be here. And yet, this is where it happens in terms of knowledge and the receiving of God's grace. This is where it takes place. And you can say, well, yeah, I can read the Bible somewhere else, in the park or down at the beach. Well, how often do you do that, frankly? <laughs> how often does that happen? And where, frankly, do you receive God's grace in Holy Communion? It takes place here. Here's where the forgiveness takes place in that sacrament. Here's where the knowledge comes through here in God's house because this is about God's business. You know, when Jesus was growing up, I believe that he grew up very normal and natural, kind of any, as any other boy would in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I don't think he showed all of his wisdom or something like that, you know, at that early age. You know, it took time, and he grew in that stature. And I think that's what the Word of God was saying there. He grew week after week, month after month, year after year in that kind of way. And then when he was out playing soccer with his friends and so forth, I mean, yeah, he played with good sportsmanship. You know, that's, that's how I understand, you know, Jesus in growing up and maturing. But, of course, he did it without sin, and that's the huge difference. He did it without sin. And yet there'd be another time when Jesus would have to go to Jerusalem. And he would go to commemorate the Passover, believe it or not. He would be about 33 years old, some 20, 21 years after this event in Scripture we talked about. And yet he would be then, he would be going for a different purpose, that reason. Now he would go there, yes, to give his life. But you know, he went there to commemorate the Passover. And you remember, Passover was a commemoration of God delivering his people 
from slavery in Egypt. And they were slaves for 400 years, and that's why there's a Passover, to remember the fact of God's deliverance and getting his people from that foreign land back to the promised land. And that's why each year it is celebrated. Well, Jesus goes there not only to commemorate Passover, but to be the deliverer himself. The deliverer, the rescuer from your sins. That's what Jesus would do. And he would willingly die on that cross showing God's unconditional love to you and me. There's God's business right there. This is what God has come to do to save you from your sins, to rescue you from that guilt and that burden that's upon you, that one day you might live in God's house forevermore, his eternal home for all time. Because the proof was there on the third day, that Easter day when Jesus became visible again, that people would see him. He would be with family and friends Again, he would be there with them. There, Jesus now comes to you. He finds you in his word. He finds you in a sacrament. He is with you to bless you and strengthen you in his precious love. Yes, Jesus has come to bring salvation to you and to me. In the book of Ephesians in chapter 1, which is the epistle lesson for this day, it uses some very difficult words, some words hard to understand. But it talks about the mystery of the Word who has become flesh. The mystery that is found in His incarnation that we might be fully equipped to have the knowledge of God according to the purpose of Jesus Christ. In other words, how are we going to grow in this knowledge and wisdom? How is it going to take place? By osmosis? It just happens. No, it takes place here in this house. It takes place as we listen, as we read, as we sing, as we receive, as we learn about who this wonderful, loving God is and what he has done for us. Here we learn about the way of the cross. Here we learn about faith in this God who lives with us and loves us now and forever. Here as we become wise unto salvation through Jesus Christ. Here in this holy house. Because this is not about show business here. No, this is about God's business. And so learn more about God's business. And then share it with your family. With your acquaintances. Do so in the community sharing that love of Jesus to all. Amen.